And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, how about this for a total brain freeze? Could God be so in charge? Listen to what I said. Could God be so in charge that he directs the bad side to certain actions to accomplish his plans at various times and in various ways? The scriptures make it absurdly clear that God is always fulfilling his prophecies. So let's not be too freaked out that he is actually in charge. Wow. Next, saved. Nice term. We talked about that last week. Didn't get to it. Save the day. Save a buck. Save a two-for-one pizza. We love saving, but the best saver of all is the one with the title Savior. He not only saves the day, but he also saves our eternity. And why does he do that? That's what we're going to examine. And finally, it's time to return to the wisdom of an old friend, which we missed out last week. So we're going to go back there. We examine a devotion from our brother, Pastor Ray. He dives into the lessons from the cave. Guess who he's going to be talking about regarding the caves? But Pastor Ray brings to the forefront the true purpose of cave experiences in our own lives. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. What kind of insanities are you talking about, Dave? Well, in between the segments... I spilled my tea on all my papers. You know, that kind of thing. That kind of thing that happens to me and you and everybody else. And you have two choices. You can smile or you can complain. Guess which one God wants us to do. Here's the key. We want to know what you think. You can email us, by the way, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214 210 8483. That's 214 8483. Or you can call us at 972 445 That's 972-445-0770. And when you do, the entire universe will change because you will talk to Amazing Jen. Hello. Hi. Wasn't that good? That was, that was great. What are you going to do with that? That's just... I, I'm go- well... Thankfully, we're recording it, so I'm going to save it forever. 
And I'm going to play that wherever I go before I enter a room. That's it. That's it. You can have people like stand up and they can like, you know, be like royalty. It is. It's going to be my theme song. You are a daughter of the Most High God. You might as well have that royalty. There you go. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Additionally, folks, if you've got a thought, an opinion, a comment, you got a question, you got something you want to know about, you really want to kind of handle or. process something and share it with other brothers and sisters so you can kind of look at it from a couple of different angles. It's always a good thing to do. We want you to be able to reach to us. We want you to be able to connect with us. We want you to be able to share a prayer request and share a praise report and just have that sense of Christian community. That's what we're looking for, a Christian community. It's not your church, but it is a fellowship, and we get together and we fellowship. And don't forget that fellowship is two people on the same boat. That's why it's a fellow ship see aha that's right that's that's probably the best that's gonna get so you might as well enjoy it here's your first trivia question remember the last trivia question had to do with an earthquake you guys remember that was the last trivia question whether there was an earthquake or not uh when jesus uh died and the answer was yes there was in fact an earthquake and that's in matthew 27 51 for those that need the reference here's the next one fill in the missing word uttered by those uh taunting jesus he saved others but he can't blank himself he saved others, but he can't. And then you got to fill in the missing word, himself. Okay? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. It's 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must org. Okay? Okay. Somebody's calling in, so we will have that opportunity. Uh, wait, i got to pick this piece of paper up. It's got tea all over. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good praise the Lord. Okay, uh, somebody answering the trivia? Okay, good. Okay, here we go. Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, hi, David. It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Love hearing from you. How are you doing today? How are things going? Good, thank you. How about you? Doing pretty good. I turned in my assignment this morning for one of the things I had to do, so should not be a difficult rest of the week, I pray, by the grace of God. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah, I've learned to pray with the may. You know, we were talking about may. You know, may the Lord do this and may the Lord do this. I've been like, may I have a nice (laughs) week. That's what I'm asking for. Okay, so Jesus uh, is getting a lot of—he was getting a lot of grief for sure. And uh, so it's the fill in the missing words of those taunting him. He saved others, but he can't what? Save. That is right. He cannot save it. That was the taunt. Now here, here is the most amazing part of that particular taunt. In fact. He could have, at any point, he could have called for a legion of angels, but did not. The irony was that even through that taunting, he did not respond because he wanted to fulfill the mission. 
That's tough. Wow. I know. I just like, I don't know how I did that. I mean, because he could have got, if he'd been like, blasters, bring the blasters. I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it'd be all been over. But I wouldn't it's, be able to hold my tongue. <laughs> yeah, that's just amazing. So excellent, excellent job. I appreciate it very much. Great all job. Right. Well, you and Chen have a good afternoon. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Excellent. Deborah's always a delight. Okay. Uh, I want to go into this and, uh, this is not overly complex. Please do not drop down the theological tube here for a second and stay with me on the uh, on the top. You can go down the rabbit hole with other people at other times. We're not doing that right now. Revelation 17, 16 through 17 says this, And the ten horns which you saw and the beast, these will hate the harlot and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and will burn her up with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to execute his purpose by having a common purpose and by giving their kingdom to the beasts until the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. Why I want to bring this up has got nothing to do with your eschatology. I don't care. Here's what I care about. Whatever is going on, whatever you're going to identify the beast with, whatever you're identifying the harlot with, whatever you're identifying uh, the ten horn, that's great, fantastic. Look at what the verse says. Verse 17, for God has put it in their hearts to execute his purpose. Now, wait, Dave, just a minute. Are you trying to tell me that God is even in charge when it comes to all the bad things? He knows exactly what's going on. I don't know. Is he omniscient or not? Is he omnipotent or not? Is he all? Is he? Is he? Because if he's not, then how does he get to go around and harden Pharaoh's heart just to make a point? Uh oh. What do you mean he hardened Pharaoh's heart? Yeah, he told Moses. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show Pharaoh big, big boo-boo, and I'm going to harden his heart, and he's going to be very, very sorry. <laughs> it's like this is the thing that people don't recognize. While the people who do certain things may do certain evil things, sometimes there's a prophecy to be fulfilled, and it's going to happen one way or another because God has a purpose and a plan. And there is nothing and nobody that will stop that. Period. I mean, it's just wait. Period. Now, this is in Revelation 17. This is like at the height. If you're an all-millennialist or a premillennialist or a post-millennialist, you're like, you're coming up with all these different things and all these different theories. Yeah, that's fine. But God is the one that put it in their hearts to execute his purpose. Aren't you thinking, well, what, what are you trying to say, Dave? God's in charge. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Listen to the rest of it. By giving, listen, for God has put in their hearts to execute his purpose by having a common purpose, by giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. The Lord is backing up his word. Nothing is going to change. There's nothing. Let me explain something to you. You've got to love this. God wastes nothing. People are like, well, how do you know God's Jewish? Well, he's not Jewish per se, but there is this one tendency he has. He wastes nothing. What do you mean? Well, there's Satan. Satan kind of went, uh, you know, bonkers. And God said, well, instead of throwing him out, I'll just use him. <laughs> so wonderful. And you see, the, the purpose that the God has, that always prevails. 
Well, I know, but I don't like what I see. Me neither. That's where we have to trust God that he, get this, knows what he's doing. Wow. Okay. All right. You're listening to the David Smoot Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone for more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. Here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to understand. Bad news does not necessitate that there is nowhere else to go except to weep. In Psalm 112, verse 7, the scripture says, He will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. It's not pie in the sky to look at the situation and go, Gosh, it's terrible, but I'm going to hold hope because hope is is the only thing I have to move past it. If it never comes about, that's fine. But I'm going to live every day believing that there's a better tomorrow. When people think of that, they think, oh, Christianity, it's a crutch. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the opiate of the, of, the, of the people, is what Karl Marx said. It takes more guts, more strength, more determination in this day and age to be a Christian and to stand in your faith than it does to be any other thing that there is, because it's the Christians who are under persecution, and it's the people of faith that are getting slaughtered, and oh, by the way, throughout the world that's taking place. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Okay, get ready for the next trivia question. So I will tell you now, 
I'm actually going to pull this uh, off my ear for a little bit. Uh, Amazing Jen, we need the horn for this trivia. We need the warning horn for this trivia. Are you ready for it? Yes. You have been warned. (laughs) That's all I got for you. That's how we do it around here. True or false... As Jesus was being arrested, a disciple seized his sword and cut off the high priest's servant's thumb, and then Jesus healed it. True or false? Just that easy. If you think you know the answer, call 972-445-0770 or text in 214-210-8483 or send an email david at hemustincrease.org. Straightforward, true or false, after Jesus was being arrested, a disciple seized his sword and cut off the high priest's servant's thumb, and then Jesus healed it. There you go. Leave it right there. See if you can figure that out. In the meantime, you know what I have? Oh, somebody's calling in. See, you're getting spared. <laughs> you're getting spared because somebody's going to answer the trivia question, and you're going to, so it's going to be uh, l- probably less joke time. Somebody's having mercy on you by calling in. Uh, you have to think of it in those terms, okay? That's that's how I would think about it. All right, uh, there. This is me stalling, right? Uh, roses are red, violets are bluish. Never mind. If it's not for Jesus, we'd all be Jewish. Uh, ready? We're ready? 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 Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Well, hi, David. This is Mary. I haven't. It's been it's been a week or so since I've talked to you. Yeah, how are you, Mary? How are you feeling? I mean, we last time we talked to you, well, the good I'm, good yeah, news about I'm, your grandparents. I'm doing. I'm hanging in there. Okay. And doing what the doctor told me to do. So <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> do what the doctor tells you to do. That's a good idea, especially if you have a doctor you like. That's good. That's a good way to go about that. Yes. We're going to keep praying for your health, though, okay? And then the last time we talked to you, we had the good news about your grandchild, so that's always good. We're still blessed by that. Yeah, that's... I'm hoping to see him this weekend. I haven't seen him yet. Good for you. That's cool. We're very. That's very, very cool. Okay, ready? you got to answer this question, ready. true or false. Oh. As Jesus was being arrested, his disciples seized his sword and cut off the high priest's servant's thumb, and then Jesus healed it. True or false? That is false. You are correct! What did he cut off, Mary? He cut off, he cut off his ear, and the person that did that was, was Peter. That Peter is correct! He sword and cut off his ear. Malchus? Malchus? Yes, that is correct. Name? Boy, Mary hit like four in a row. Good job. You're on a roll. Good job. Whatever that, whatever the yeah. doctor's telling you to do, keep well, doing that. That's working. <laughs> now, where was? Oh, wait, I have to ask you. Okay. Now, I thought, I thought the earthquake was before Christ died, and then they had, the, and then we also had that three hours of darkness. That was after. So now, the, the timing was, I think, was, and if I'm wrong, I have no problem somebody correcting me. But I think that Jesus died. And this, so that darkness ended, Jesus died, then that earthquake took place at the death, at the ripping of the of the cloth of the temple, which was the covenant cloth. So I think that happened right after the covenant cloth ripped. 
that the people came out for the dead. But it is a definite mystery. Double check if I'm wrong or somebody else in the audience can double check. No, well, oh, I thought you gave a reference. Yeah. What, what was it? Yeah, it was Matthew. And Matthew? Yeah, it's Matthew. Let me see. Hold on. I'm going to tell you right now. It was Matthew. I probably gave the wrong reference before. I think it's Matthew 26, 51, and 52. That should be the reference. Okay, or, or 27, maybe. 50, yeah, you know what? 50. I might have said 27, but I think that have been wrong. It should have been uh, 20, it should have been 26. Well, if I said that, I was Oh, know. should it? Yeah, I might have, uh, okay, I might have blown I'll look that. i up and see, but that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, maybe it was then, the 2751. You're right. 2751, right? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Is that uh, right? Well, okay. okay. It's one of those. Um, all right. Well, you oh, find out I, for me, and then let me know. You, you, you know, you let me know and uh, find out if it's the Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one or the twenty-six. It's one of those. I can tell you that. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. All right. You take care. Uh, all righty. Okay. okay. God bless you. You bye too, bye. Mary. Bye bye. Uh, every keep keep praying for Mary. First of all, how great that she's going to get that chance, right, to see her great grandchild. I mean, that's just like, I mean, cool. And then uh, just praying for her health and things like that. Okay, I got a very short window here. It is the Matthew twenty seven fifty one in regards to the earthquake one. So people look that up. I said Matthew twenty six. I don't know. There's, you know, I don't remember every single verse all the time. I got a lot going on up here. <laughs> Well, that might not be true. Uh, real quick, we'll do these because I have to uh, get these uh, out of my system. Genesis, uh, remember uh, Genesis two twenty five. Remember Eve. Uh, she's the husband or the wife of uh, Adam, and uh, this is the first time where uh, she was able to say, uh, "I haven't got a thing to wear," and it, it was actually true that she didn't have a thing to wear. Oh, okay, it's a little funny. All right, how about this one, okay? What type of computer did Adam and Eve use? Both of them used an apple. Ha! That's funny. All right, here's the last one. <laughs> this is really bad. A little boy came into the kitchen and asked his mother, Mom, is it true that man was made from dust? And when he dies, he goes back to dust, like our children's church teacher said. The mother answered, Son, that's true. Because it's what the Bible says. The little boy looked up at his mother with all seriousness and announced, Well, I just looked underneath my bed, and I have someone either coming or going. <laughs> Come on. Laugh a little. Okay? Try it. It's the, where you're, the corners of your mouth go up. All right. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Uh, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. We just talked in the last segment about God and his purposes. God's purposes are going to get done. Uh, I And I, I know people get upset, but they say, oh, the church is going to do this, and this will happen, and the church will become weak and anemic, and this will happen. And this will happen. The church is the church of Jesus Christ, and it will do what the Lord wants it to do. Can we do better? Sure. But the, nothing's catching God off guard. He's not, oh, no, look what's happening to the church kind of thing. That's not how this goes. God's in charge, okay? Always. So what we get to see is our salvation. He saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. It just, it's kind of like he doesn't need a lot of commentary. 
We got saved. We said yes. We surrendered. We acknowledged Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. He died on that cross, was buried, and three days later he rose again. We believe the testimony God has given regarding his son, and we love the idea of the propitiation, the substitutional sacrifice for us, and that Jesus' righteousness is placed on us, and our iniquities have been placed on him. We love it, right? He's called us to a separated life so that we're not polluted by the world. We're not defiled by the world. That's why you got to be careful how much uh, food you take into your brain, not your stomach, your brain, because if you get too much of the worldly garbage in your brain, you're not going to be separated. You'll be just like the world. And then you find out it's not because of our good looks. It's not because of our good works, not because of anything we have done. It's not that we get uh, dressed and look perfect in the morning. It's not that we have a perfect attitude. It's got nothing to do with that. It's because, it says, not because of anything we have done, but because. So one is a no and one is a yes. It's not because of anything we've done. It is because he has a purpose. And his grace. It's because of his own purpose and grace. His purpose is his plan. You're saved. But it's for God's plan, not for anybody else's plan. Every person that has ever said yes to Jesus is a part of God's plan that God has designed. And it says, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace, because of his unmerited favor that he pours upon us. You could never earn it. You could never deserve it. You're never good enough. And I mean, that's the argument that a lot of people say, well, you know, if I have, you know, 10,000 good works, maybe I'm good enough. Well, if you sin 10 to 15 times a day like everybody else inside and out and you live an 80-year life and you take accountability at age 13 and above for coming into maturity, you've sinned 292,000 times. You don't have 292,000 good works anyway. Doesn't matter. It's just a moot point. Here is the point. The point is it's by his grace, unmerited favor, we'll take it, It's for his purpose, not because we're swift, but because God has a plan. We'll take it. He's called us to be separated from the pollution of the world. Yes, sir. And we got saved because we said yes, and we yield. It's like, there is no downside for us. (laughs) This is a... You know those win-win things they talk about at work? and Everybody wants to have a win-win relationship. If you have Any relationship with God at all, you're on the win side, period. It doesn't matter. Nothing else. The fact that he allows us to have breath and keeps allowing us to have breath, that is all the win we could ever hope to understand, and yet we're going to be able to do that for all eternity because he loves us. I say yes. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. There was a pastor. Now, I use that word with some reservation. Having been involved in uh, ministry and having the privilege of planting seven churches uh, throughout the United States and having three separate ordinations, I have a tremendous amount of respect for people who commit their lives into ministry. Uh, But whenever there's somebody on television or anywhere else that uh, is a nut job— 
then uh, I just call it like I see it. Okay, now uh, that's what I call it. Call it like I see it. On the Sean Hannity show, uh, roughly about uh, two weeks ago, a reverend, so-called reverend Oliver White was on the show, and uh, Reverend Wright said this, and I'm going to repeat it because some of these things are just unbelievable. He said that Jesus was wrong about marriage. At least he didn't have the audacity to say he never said anything about marriage. He said Jesus was wrong about marriage and that marriage should be more than between a man and a woman. And then he proceeded to say this statement, ladies and gentlemen. He said this. Now, this isn't even the thing that's irritating. Then he proceeded to say this. If Jesus were alive today, he said, he would say, I didn't know it all. This is a man who's supposed to be representing Jesus Christ as a minister. This guy's no minister. And if you want to say, well, that's judging, I'll take that judgment all day long. All day long, I'll take that judgment, no matter what anybody says. Here's a guy that says two things. One, Jesus was wrong about marriage. Two, if Jesus were alive today, any person who proclaims or professes to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and questions whether Jesus Christ is alive today or not is not a minister, but a false teacher. I don't care. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you think that's mean. That's irrelevant. Facts are facts. And here's the thing that uh, just overwhelms me. This overwhelms me, ladies and gentlemen. Any person who is in public office, now this goes with this, all three, three of these things go together. Any person who is in public office who changes their convictions about same-sex marriage because another family member has made a decision to go into the lifestyle of being gay or lesbian, any person who changes their convictions, their biblical Christian convictions, based on another family member changing their status uh, into a, a gay or lesbian lifestyle, and then that person then changes their Bible convictions to, uh, to accommodate their family member is not fit to be a Christian. That's right. I said it. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, before I get to the trivia question, we want to give clarity to my Inclear. What is it? Inclear? Unclear, right? Is it unclear? It's not inclear. It's inclear is like you, ch- you eat a chocolate inclear. No, a clear. Uh, it's, I, is it unclear? I work in radio. I don't know. <laughs> that is such a great line. <laughs> don't ask me. I work in radio. Um, all right. Uh, Matthew 27, 45, from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. Verse 46, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. By the way, your trivia question is, where is that quote from in the Old Testament? Ooh, good way to do that, Dave. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Where is that quote from? Then it says this, okay? Uh, Verse 51, uh, verse 50, Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and the rocks were split. 
and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his after his resurrection, they came. They went into a holy city and appeared to many. So there's some question as to you know was that after the resurrection? Da 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 da. But what I want you to get is Eli Eli Lama Sabachthani. Where did that come from? But that is after the darkness. So there's six. There's three hours of darkness, uh, and then Jesus says that. Then he gives up the ghost so to speak, gives up his spirit. And by the way, that's the last moment, the last sacrifice. Just so you know, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Could have even right to that point said, I don't want to do this, but yielded it right there. Then the veil was ripped up. Then the earthquake took place. Okay. So I'm just making sure everybody's on the same page. (laughs) I knew it was something like that. I just was getting all the verses kind of messed up. Uh, so the question is, where does Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabak, then I come from? Uh, and that is the interpretation of that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? What is the verse connection? If you think you know, you can call 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org, which... By the way, it leads us to the website, which we have to do because we need a little extra help. Uh, if you're able to do it, that's great. If not, don't worry about it. But we do need a little help because we're trying to pay our bill on Friday, Friday, right before because I want to pay it before Friday because it's due Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I'm not coming down here on Saturday. Uh, and I don't think Jennifer's coming in on Saturday. <laughs> so we'll have to get that taken care of. Anyway, uh, don't forget, go to the website, he must dot. Org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie, now we're going to do history, so let's play our little history song, our very expensive one. All right, here are uh, the very important history things to remember. Today is Iconic American Restaurant Day. Okay, so they're iconic uh, American restaurants. So back, what, 40, 50 years ago, Big uh, Bob's Big Boy would have been like an iconic thing. My pick would be Carnegie Deli, okay, which is no longer uh, uh, open. But uh, first of all, it's going to be a deli. So come on. I'm just saying. That would be mine. So it's Iconic American Restaurant Day. Okay? Okay. Number two, it's International Strange Music Day. I have no comment. I have nothing to say. I don't even know what that means. What is it? I don't know. How did that go again? It's making sure I've got that on tape. Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't think there's a French version. At the French Okay. Uh, National Waffle Iron Day. I'm good for that. Here's my big problem right here. It's Pluto Demoted Day. Now I have actually spent time. I spent time in Flagstaff, and I've actually prayed uh, in the, the actual spot where they had the telescope where they discovered the planet. Uh, it's kind of weird, but anyhow, then they demoted it. And I want you to know that all of us who did science fair projects with the universe, all of us got ruined in one day. I don't appreciate it. Poor Pluto. <laughs> I know. It's like so sad. <laughs> it's like somebody ought to stand up. All right. Uh, first potato chip ever prepared in New York on this day in 1853. 
how do they know that? This is, this is the kind of stuff I look at. I like. How do you know that? You can tell me that some some grandma in some place took a potato couldn't figure out to make a potato chip. I don't know. I just some things I don't know. Uh, 1891, the motion picture camera is patented by Thomas Edison, and finally in 1456, the Gutenberg Bible is finished printing. Okay, okay, we're done with that. Uh, what's our trivia question? <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, it's Tuesday, right? Uh, when Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which psalm was he quoting from? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? 972-445-0770 is the call-in. 214-210-8483 is the text. Uh, for if you want to text us. Here we go. Lessons from the cave. This is from our good friend Ray Bentley. Ray is a stellar, fantastic brother in the Lord. Uh, we want to make sure that if you ever have an opportunity to buy some of his books, he's got a, just a whole bunch of them, by the way. He does a lot of end-time books, and he's got this fantastic uh, devotional, which is what this is from, which is why I like it so much. It's called Lessons from the Cave. Thus Saul knew, Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and Saul was still more afraid of David, so Saul became David's enemy continually. Okay? Continually. Has life taken a hard turn and you feel frustrated or hurt and fearful about what's ahead? We are promised in Scripture all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things. It just doesn't feel that way when we encounter pain and betrayal and heartache. How can this hardship work for good. How can this hardship work for good? David, who would be king of Israel, learned through his pain and the lessons that came with it. He was a rising star, and the people were singing his praises throughout the land. He had the esteem of his peers, the nation, even the king's daughters. Saul has slain his thousands, and David, his ten thousands, women sing. Women would sing. He was called wise, anointed. All of Israel and Judah loved David. David clearly had charisma and popularity. But the foundation of leadership has to be character, not charisma. God was looking for a man of character to place on the throne of Israel. King Saul once loved David until Saul's jealousy and bitterness changed his heart. His death threats became David's torments. When David escaped to the wilderness, he hid in the caves in Judea. He probably thought he'd be there for a couple of weeks just till, till things cooled down. He and his band of men eventually who joined him never thought they would be living in a Robin Hood existence for over 10 years. Did you hear that? 10 years he went through this. During these dark and painful days, uh, days, David wrote some of the most moving and passionate psalms found in the Bible. During this time, his relationship with the Lord deepened in a marvelous way. All right, we've got somebody calling in. We'll grab that call, but then I'll finish this and we'll put him on hold. Uh, God drew David into an intimate relationship with him and taught him some of the most important lessons of his life. During those years in the caves, David was transformed from an innocent shepherd boy into a rugged, rugged man of integrity and honor, a man after God's own heart. God's love for us sometimes takes us deep into dark caves where we grow in intimacy and faith. And we will also 
cry out like David when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then you knew my path. You are my refuge. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise your name, for you shall deal bountifully with me. The cave proved to be for King David the making of the character that God wanted him to be. It was the hardest time. It was probably the worst time for him. And he wrote Psalm 23 in the caves, and he went through all of this stuff, and out of all of that stuff came this more diligent, caring, careful, loving man of God. Sometimes the cave has a lesson. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes the cave, it's just dark, it's damp, it just seems so uncomfortable. But when you emerge out, you're not the same. You are a different person. You are a person more aligned with Jesus Christ. Now, I I know you guys, you get it, but let's get it. When we go through really tough stuff, do you know that we're connecting to Jesus? He went through stuff. He shouldn't have gone through it, but he went through it. And we, when we suffer, we go through it, and we have a connection that we didn't have before. I'll tell you one thing that I do like in the book, that the Broken for His Glory, is through all the things that Jesus went through, he died. But when he came back up, when he rose, when the resurrection took place, he had all authority in heaven on earth handed to him. So in a true sense, he came back greater, more more authoritative, so to speak, than ever before. And once you come out of your cave experience or your death and burial experience, the resurrection makes you new, new, new. Okay, isn't that great? All right, the answer to the trivia question, Psalm 22, verse 1. Uh, a lot of debate up to what that uh, would lead to, but that's the psalm he was quoting. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The Christian faith is being attacked. Fifty years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? (laughs) 
It's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. La 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 la. Oh, that is la 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 la. You asked for Zany, my friend. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. So we, being not completely unlike. You know, Christmas vacation in Chevy Chase and so on and so forth. We we got a really big tree, slapped it up on the car. Of course, it scratched the car to no end. Remember, I'm Jewish and I'm trying to follow the Christmas holiday. It's got nothing to do with my Christianity. I like Christmas. I like the season and so on and so forth. I have no problem celebrating any specific time, picking a time. And we're as close as we can be celebrating the birth of Christ. It's awesome. It's a great time of year. But you're talking about me fighting a tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I hack off a few branches. And unfortunately, what I hacked off with the with the axe wasn't enough, because I was right there again, holding the Christmas tree with my feet on the door, trying to pull it in. Hey, you know what? The Christmas tree was not coming in. So you know what I did? I hacked off a few more pieces. But then, instead of just trying to pull the tree in, I hacked off a few more pieces. By this point, I have decided that Christmas is a pagan holiday that only people who are supporting Christmas presents have created, and Jewish people who believe in Jesus should not be celebrating Christmas, and I'm crashing the tree, and I've got the act of, and I'm crushing it, and I'm going to get this tree in, and you would not believe it, but after doing that for 15 minutes, I still could not get the tree in the house. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let's get ready for our last trivia question of the day. In Matthew's Gospel, you get that? Matthew's Gospel, you get that? Matthew's Gospel, which two women were the first people to see Jesus alive again? Ooh. Ooh, according to Matthew's Gospel, which two women were the first people to see Jesus alive again? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at he must increase dot org. There you go. That's how we do that. Uh, you got to work that out. We're going to skip the Hebrew. It's like the third time we've skipped the Hebrew. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, Jennifer, by the way, you're doing a fantastic job. So I just want to let you know Thank how much you. we appreciate that. You're doing really, really great. In fact, Bobby Evans just sent a text saying, tell her she's doing a fantastic job. So, Aw, thank you. There you go. Uh, okay, so you got the trivia. We got that. We've covered that. I'm trying to think. Of I got this really cool teach I want to do at the end. I'm trying to think. Is anything? Oh yeah, and then uh, I guess Cordelia or Joanne or Cordelia. We think it's Cordelia. Maybe called in and said something about uh, that Pluto was un undebunked. And I just went up and was doing some quick research in between the uh, thing, uh, between the segment, and it's in controversy. So there's somebody who went to Lowell Observatory, went to Lowell Observatory, said it is a planet. 
And then there's other people now that are saying it's a dwarf planet, but it's still a planet. And then the other people are saying it's a dwarf planet, but it's not a planet because it's not a regular planet, and it's a dwarf planet. That's confusing. You know what I love about science? There's never any up and down. It's always the exact same every single time. <laughs> what do you think of that? They're never, they never change anything. You see, you see why I like the truth. You see why I like. You see, you see. I know like, Oh well, this month it's <laughs> the universe is a billion years old. No, it's fifteen billion. No, it's forty-five billion. No, it's eight hundred billion. No, it's twelve. No, it's ten. That's God knows He was there. That's all I got. All right, so that's the trivia question. If you think you know, you can call in uh, the first two women according to the Gospel of Matthew. Which two women were the first people to see Jesus alive again? There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, here we go. John chapter 20, verse 20 through 20, 21 through 23. So most people know that at the end of Matthew, it's the Great Commission. And Matthew 28, 18, 19, 20 really give illustration to that. A lot of people don't know that there is a connection between that Great Commission call and Mark chapter 16 and Luke chapter 24 and John chapter 20 and Acts chapter 1. There's a kind of a similar thread going through all of them, but most people will lean on Matthew 28 for the Great Commission understanding. I just want to pull up John's element there. We're doing this study in our doctorate realm, and I just find it fascinating how John presented the commission differently than Matthew. And uh, I like John. Sometimes when I read John, I think this is the guy that hung out with Jesus more than any other person. He's the, the guy that was entrusted to see the revelation that was manifest in, on the island of Patmos. And I mean, John's, the confidence that Jesus had in John is fascinating. It's fantastic. And so here, as we read his commission charge, watch this. John chapter 20, verse 21 through 23 says this, Then Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins will be forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they will be retained. So what we're going to do is we're going to take our caller. We're going to, I think the caller is going to answer trivia. Blah, blah, blah. I can't talk today. And then we're going to go back because I want you to see something that gets missed when people try and interpret this text. So do we have somebody that's answering the trivia? We do. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Paul, David. How's it going? Uh, it's going fantastic. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing wonderful. That is what we love to hear, and that's why that's hearing right. that is such a blessing. All right. So that's right. All day. All day. All day, every day. And you know what's so great is when we get to heaven, it's just, you know what it's going to be? It's just more of God, which is, like, totally cool. How great is that? That's even wonderfler. Yeah. I just that is such a word. Yeah. All right, so in Matthew's Gospel, which two women were the first to see Jesus alive again? And the other Mary. Say that again? Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. That is correct, exactly! Exactamundo! 
Mary oh. Magdalene and the other Mary, or as Steve wrote, one of our listeners, Eminem. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. Excellent job. Yeah. Great, great yeah. work. Oh, great job, brother. Uh, you too, man. You have a wonderful day. All right. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, I love this. I love stuff like that. Uh, okay. So listen to what Jesus said. And I want to show you something that people miss because you know this gets into church authority and so on and so forth. And it's like, oh, my goodness. How can people get so into the weeds to miss the basics? It's sometimes you just like, oh, my, you know, just pull it back. So Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have retained them. So the, there's three points to the charge that Jesus gives his disciples in this Gospel of John. First, you are being sent to others as I was being sent to you. Okay? In other words, uh, uh, I, as the Father sent me, so I send you. Got it? That's the first thing. There's not a lot there. <laughs> not a lot to get theological about. It's like, okay, as the Father sent me down here, so now I'm sending you. Okay? This is number one. Number two, receive the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, this has to do with a uh, symbolic gesture of the Holy Spirit coming out uh, on Acts, uh, and Acts chapter 2, and that uh, probably is accurate. I, I mean, I'm just going to assume to some degree it's accurate. But the bottom line is, for you and me to be sent and to do what Jesus did, we need the Holy Spirit. There's not there's not a lot of argument here. There's not a lot of discussion. Jesus is sending us like he was sent, and we need the Holy Spirit to do what he wants, like Jesus was engaged with the Holy Spirit when he did his ministry. Okay. And then he says, and if you give forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven. You retain the sins of any, they've been retained. And then somehow that passage turned into the church can make you keep your sin, the church can make you get rid of your sin, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's not what he said at all. He says, I'm sending you like I was sent. You need the Holy Spirit to do the ministry, and the ministry I want you to go out with is with the ministry of forgiveness. Now go use the ministry of forgiveness and go minister to people. Bye. <laughs> it's like, no, wait, no, wait, wait. We want to make this more complex. Okay. But in the meantime, he's like, go tell people, right? I'm sending you. You need the Holy Spirit. Here's the bottom line in this element. I want you to retain this. You're going to minister the gospel. Some people are going to have their sins removed because they're going to say yes. Some people aren't because they're going to say no. Yep, there you go. Go ahead. Go, go minister the ministry of forgiveness because, my goodness, who doesn't need forgiveness? Right? <laughs> it's just like, wow. Wowzer, Bowser, Wowzer. Okay, just leaving it that simple. Like that's the commission from John's point of view. All right, we have somebody that uh, comment question has a comment. Okay, yes. okay. Well, all right, hang on. This is David. Who am I talking to? Why are you talking to Mary? Ben? what <laughs> does he mean by if you don't forgive this? What well, I don't have it in front of me, but if you don't forgive. Then, then the sins are re, are re, the re, the retaining of sin. sins. The retainings of sins is the rejection of the gospel. If somebody rejects the gospel; their sins are retained. 
Oh, really? It, yep. it, it doesn't have anything to do with... No, um, I, I know the church if, if, wants if you, it. If you don't... You know what I'm wondering? Yeah, if you yeah. don't forgive people, yeah. um, is, is, is God going to hold that against you on yeah. the day of judgment? Yeah. that And see, here's the problem. The problem is everybody wants it to be their authority, but it's not. It's up to God to forgive sins. And it's, in other words, people want that power, and that's fantastic. But if you present them the gospel and they reject it, they retain their sins. That's it. It's not. It's not even as hard as they want to make it into ecclesiology, oh, which is. It's, oh, that's, oh. You see what they do is you okay. get into the weeds, and it makes it more complex. Like keep it well, simple. I, keep it easy. Jesus I wasn't was that thinking complex. About my, I was thinking about my self being. If I don't forgive, yeah, no, that's then, just, then is Christ nah, in on the day when I have to stand before Almighty God? Is He going to bring this up to me and say, you know, you didn't forget? Forgive. Yeah, so your person. forgiveness is in is in the work of Jesus Christ. That's how it's applied to you, and that's how it's applied to everybody. And nobody else gets to determine. You know, only God judges that. And it's like you either accept okay. his testimony or you reject it. Does that make okay. sense? That's up to God. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Is she the best? <laughs> yeah. Some people are like, well, I want to make this more. I want to make this ecclesia. Go ahead. Go have fun. I don't care. Jesus wasn't making it that hard. Go. You need the Holy Spirit. Tell people about the gospel. Have fun. <laughs> there you go. All right, folks, we've, we're wrapping it up. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll be back. More Insanity with Spinanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.